0: My dear friend Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Alan, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. So when I look at uh, what John Tolly was talking about there, that's a big win for Trump yesterday that the Supreme Court has decided to look at this. And again, at the very least, it delays it. I know Smith wanted to go to trial uh, as soon as Monday. This Monday, that won't happen now till maybe June or July. So I think you'd agree. Big win. And this one for Donald Trump yesterday.
1: Oh, I think it's a bigger win than that. I think it's unlikely this case now goes to trial before the election. I think what the Supreme Court has basically said is we're not accepting election interference by a special counsel to have a trial without an appeal, just a trial, down and dirty, in order to influence an election. That's the number one big, big win. Number two big win, and this I run into all my academic colleagues who disagree with me on this, I think there is some degree of immunity for a president. And the question is how much and where? Now, his own lawyer, I think, made a tactical mistake when he answered the very, very provocative question, could a president tell the SEALs to go kill his political opponent? The answer to that should have been, of course not. Now, let me explain why. Just like the answer (laughs) when they asked the three presidents of universities, can you uh, allow a genocidal talk about Jews of course not now let me explain why he didn't do that he fompered and he mumbled and he talked about well it depends on whether he's impeached first look a president does not have immunity if he orders the seals to kill his opponent but the president probably does have immunity if he seeks to have a different slate of electors presented to the Congress and so I think what the court may very well do is split the difference and find some immunity and find some issues that have no immunity and then send it back to the Court of Appeals and say, all right, work this out with specificity, but not until you do that can there be a trial. So we may be talking about a trial uh, a year from now.
0: Wow, that would be great. You know, Alan, the Democrats are always yelling and screaming that Donald Trump is a danger to democracy, which, of course, uh, is somewhere between sublime and ridiculous because it's the Democrats that do things all the time that show they're a danger to democracy. Let me give you an example. Colorado, Maine, Illinois. If those are not three classic examples of danger to democracy, that somebody there doesn't like Donald Trump personally, so we're going to keep them off... The ballot, even though Jack Smith didn't charge him with insurrection because he couldn't, because it wasn't. To me, Alan, that's the epitome of danger to democracy.
1: I I completely agree with you. And it was proposed by my colleague, Professor Lawrence Tribe, who supposedly uh, is the great constitutional scholar. And he has been proposing what I regard as clearly unconstitutional mechanisms to get Trump. He's more interested in getting Trump than he is in interpreting the Constitution in a way that helps the American people, in the way the framers intended. Look, I think we live in an age where both parties, both extremes, are trying to weaponize the Constitution, weaponize the law, weaponize the criminal justice system for their own purposes. Take impeachment. Uh, The impeachment of Donald Trump, both impeachments were clearly unconstitutional. But here we may disagree. I think that the impeachment of Mayorkas, right now, on the record we have, without him having committed or been charged with any treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, would also be unconstitutional. Um, Look, I I certainly favor looking into the the, the Biden family and the businesses and all that, but unless they find treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, the idea of impeaching Biden would be tit-for-tat misuse of the Constitution. So I think both parties are misusing the Constitution. I want to get back to the time when the Constitution is for all people, and it's neutral, and it's objective, but we're not there. We're now seeing the Constitution abused, and there are just a few of us who insist that we maintain neutral constitutional law. I want to see the Constitution applied fairly to Donald Trump, even if I don't vote for him. I want to see it applied fairly to everybody. For, give you another example. I spoke the other night at a temple in Miami. You know, I've been canceled by places like Temple Emanuel in New York, the 92nd Street Y, but welcomed in Miami. So there were protests, and people started screaming and yelling in the middle of my speech, and fights broke out. And I got up there, and I said, look, they have the right to protest, but they don't have the right to stop me from speaking. So let's apply a neutral standard. I defended the right of anti-Israel, pro-Hamas people, to get up and ask me a hard question, but not to stop me from speaking. It's that kind of analysis that I think is is, is, is required and is not being done. The Constitution can't be for me, but not for the. It has to be for everybody. That's fair. Uh, everything
0: you said is fair. I may disagree with certain points of what you said, yeah, especially yeah. my orchestra, elective duty, blah, blah, blah. But what you said is 100% fair and what this country is, um, is built upon. But let's get back to... Uh, he talked about the Hamas, and he spoke at a temple. Yeah. Let's get to Biden and Israel. You know, well Mark oh, Levin yeah, yeah. sent me a uh, – it's old, I know, but it was uh, from 1982 when President Biden said to Menachem Begin, listen, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to cut you off. And Menachem Begin said, hey, listen, buddy, Mr. Tough Guy, I'm not some weak need Jew. I've right. made it through almost 4,000 years. Your threats don't concern me. I will die for this country like we've done before, and we'll do it again. Now, fast forward the tape 42 years later, okay? And Biden is doing the same crap almost every day. Now it's not Menachem Begin. Now it's your friend, Bibi Netanyahu, doing That's the right. same thing. Now, look, is the money still going for America? Yes, it is. Great. Weaponly, all that stuff. But to be threatening Israeli leaders for the better part of 40 years and trying to convince me that he's pro-Israel doesn't work for me, Alan Dershowitz
1: it doesn't work for me either and i had my show last night was uh, i do the dirt show two, three nights a week my show was a warning to biden you are going to lose this election and you are certainly going to lose my support if you allow 200,000 muslims maybe only 100,000 muslims and arabs in michigan to force you to change your views on israel
0: wait a minute, uh, wait, wait wait you just it, said something important you said force you to change your views i'm trying okay. to explain to you you're smarter than me He's never changed his views. He's been the same way for 40 years.
1: No, 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 no. Let me tell you. He said things like that. But in the beginning on October 7th, he was very strongly for Israel. No, he wasn't. And he, no, he wasn't. Well, I think, he was. He, he, made I some
0: think co- he was. he made up some cockamamie story about my ear. And that day when he first spoke to the nation, he never mentioned Iran. He never mentioned all the mistakes that he made, not one but two administrations. Why? Because he set them there for Israel? I, I, Come I on.
1: agree with that, but I would be satisfied if he went back to October 8th. To his views on October 8th, we will stand behind Israel, destroy Hamas. We're not going to interfere. But then comes Michigan, and his idiot advisers tell him, oh, my God, you may lose Michigan. 100,000 people will stay home. First of all, the Arab and Muslim votes are not going to stay home. They're gonna, not going to vote. They're not going to allow Trump to be elected, number one. Number two, there's nothing Biden can do to satisfy these extremists who live in Dearborn, Michigan. They don't want a cease fire. They want the cease of Israel. They want Israel destroyed. So it's idiotic for President Biden to turn— all right, let's not argue about whether he's turned to remain against Israel in order to win Michigan. Because if he wins Michigan, by turning against Israel, he loses Pennsylvania. He loses Arizona. He loses New Mexico. He loses Florida. He may lose Florida anyway. But he loses the election, and he loses supporters like me and many, many others. And he loses evangelical Christians, many of whom are Democrat Blue Dog Democrats, Blue Collar Democrats, Union Democrats who support Israel. So it's a terrible mistake of Biden to go against Israel in order to win Michigan. But that's what people were saying on CNN, in The New York Times, uh, right after the Michigan election, where 13 percent voted noncommitted. 13 percent. Big deal. Ten percent did that. In previous years so there was an increase of three percent there'll be more votes like that in more states but remember that's not the national election in the national election you have to decide Biden or Trump in a primary you can throw away your vote because everybody knows that Biden's gonna win Michigan everybody knows Trump's gonna win Michigan so you can throw away your vote uh, and waste it in a primary you cannot waste it in the national election So the Democrats and Biden and the Biden administration as advisors are being idiotic, and we who support Israel have to persuade him of that and have to persuade him. You cannot count on our support if you give in to the Muslims and Arabs who will never, never accept Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people.